0: If you're anything like some of the clients that I coach, and even from my own experience, you might be staying too long in a role that maybe isn't fulfilling, or maybe you're stuck in a mindset that you aren't good enough. Maybe you're stuck thinking that this isn't the right time to think about transitioning roles. I want you to know that you're not alone here. There are a lot of people in this position. I was in that position, not thinking I was ready. Knowing I had it pretty good, but still feeling very unfulfilled. Welcome to You Belong in the C-Suite Podcast. You are ambitious in life and in your career. But something is missing. You want to bring more of your passion to what you do. Because let's be honest, you pour a ton into your work and it needs to mean more. I'm your host, Laura Eigel. I'm a mom, wife, PhD, coach, advocate, introvert, and indoor rowing fanatic. I'm passionate about living a life that's in line with my values. We'll give you the actionable tips and tools you need to lead with your values, make a difference, and have career success. The world needs more diversity and authenticity in the top jobs at organizations. Your leadership belongs there. You belong in the C-suite. I'm really happy to talk about the You Belong in the C-Suite group coaching retreat. So you know that we have different cohorts, we've had seven cohorts so far over the last three years. And all of those except for one cohort have been virtual. And so this is the first time I'm hosting an in-person retreat and I'm hosting it for the alumni of the You Belong in the C-suite group coaching program. So the retreat is limited to alumni or current participants only. So you may be asking, Laura, then why are you telling me about this? I've not been a part of your group coaching before. I can't come. Well, there still is time for you to join us because we are now enrolling for our next cohort, cohort eight for group coaching. So if you join us for this cohort, then you are invited to join us for our first retreat. So to learn more about our retreat, go to thecatchgroup.com slash group coaching or send me an email at hello at thecatchgroup.com. We'll be accepting applications for group coaching for this cohort through February and getting started with our six-month group coaching cohort in March, and then the retreat is in April. So if you are a high achieving woman who is looking to build her career intentionally, then this is the group for you to join. It's a really great program for women who are either looking for their next career move and want to understand what get clarity on what that next career move should be, or it's a really great fit for people that are new in role and want to set themselves up for success. So go to thecatchgroup.com slash group coaching to apply now. welcome to this week's episode of the you belong in the c-suite podcast last year we did several episodes and themes on career transition today i want to remind you of those key messages in one episode to help you transition confidently to your next career move let's get started you may be thinking about a new role at a new company or a new role at your current company or you may need a way to put your current role in a different perspective, a little bit more. Let me ask you this question. Are you getting everything out of your current role? For any of these changes, you are shifting, you are transitioning. Sometimes it's to a new company. Sometimes it's transitioning to a new role, sometimes to a new manager, or sometimes transitioning to a new perspective. Let's start with a clip from episode 125, Shifting from Culture Fit to Values Alignment. Do you have values alignment in your current role? I want you to think about values alignment, not culture fit. We need to shift our mindset away from culture fit and towards values alignment. So in Brene's research through her work in Atlas of the heart, she unpacks 87 different emotions and feelings. And she was surprised about the research of belonging and in her research the opposite of belonging is fitting in so she describes that we try and fit in because we do want to belong to a group or a company and in doing so we're actually changing who we are to fit into that culture because we want to fit but we're changing ourselves to do that so instead I want you to ground yourself in your own values and find alignment with a company that matches your values. The goal is values alignment, not culture fit. In my values first framework, I think about three different types of values at different levels. The first level is the individual or that leader level, your core values. The second level is that team level. And the third level is organizationally. So that organizational level of company values. And if we are intentional to build out and gain clarity on what these values and behaviors are, then we are in a better position to understand when an individual's values align with their team and their organizations. It's in that overlap of individual values and organizational values that we are looking for values alignment. So I want you to think about a Venn diagram. You know one of those graphs of overlapping circles. Think about your own values as one circle in that diagram and the organization's values as another circle. There should be an overlap, and that overlap is values alignment. We are looking for some percentage of values alignment. I don't think those circles ever fully holistically align with each other. Because you're an individual that cares about a lot of things, and a lot of those things don't have to overlap with work, but enough to be in alignment that motivates you, that resonates with you. So, as you join an organization, if you are in alignment with your values and the organizational values, then you have values alignment. You aren't squeezing or shrinking or changing yourself to fit inside of that organization circle, you have commonalities that are core to you, but that also happen to be core to that company too. So you're in alignment there, but this takes work. And to get to understand if there's values alignment, you have to know what yours are. And more importantly, the organization needs to know what theirs are. And then in that way, you know, what's important to you and you seek that out in an organization. Where do your values align with the organization's? What about the values of the team or the department you work for? There may be more room within your current role to gain values alignment than you think. Are you open to considering that? How might you get your values met while staying in your current role? Is there a benefit to that? Or have you found that really, you really do need to find a different opportunity that gets to values alignment faster how do you know when you found that place? How can you use your values to evaluate your next role or job opportunity? I know that's a lot of questions. As my 11 year old sometimes tell me, Hey, mom, slow down. That's too many questions. My brain is like jelly right now. So let's pause to listen and reflect from this clip from episode 97, Evaluating Career Opportunities with Your Values First. In this clip, I talk about how to do just that evaluating opportunities by grounding yourself in your values. Let's listen to the first steps of that process by identifying critical experiences and your non-negotiables. So this question has recently come up in one of my group cohorts in the You Belong in the C-Suite group coaching program. And the participants in that cohort said, you know, Laura, if I had a scorecard or something that would be really helpful to evaluate opportunities. And I love that idea so much that I decided to build out a framework for you to evaluate your next opportunity aligned with your values. So let's dig in. So this process of evaluating your next opportunity aligned with your values has three different parts. Part one is grounding yourself in your values. Part two is identifying that opportunity. And part three is evaluating the opportunity centered in your values. So first and foremost, when are we even doing this evaluation? Um, So you can do this really at any point in the process, you might, you know, follow this process before you decide to apply. You might apply to an opportunity or a job and then do this process, but I would suggest to do it before the interview stage if possible or maybe after an initial recruiter call. So each part of these steps in the process has a couple of steps in between it. So let's start with part number one, grounding yourself and your values. I mentioned a bit ago that I love that we are even talking about this question because it means that we are shifting our mindset from figuring out if the opportunity is a fit for me versus I am a fit for this opportunity or company. So I will tell you though, that even though that's the case, there's still the negative thoughts that are going to creep in imposter syndrome and all of that other muck can still cloud our mindsets. So this part one, part of this process is really essential even though you may feel like you should skip it, I would say do not do that. This is one of the the most important parts. I want you to start evaluation based on some self-reflection of you and what's important to you. So part one starts with a three-minute download of your accomplishments. I want you to set a timer on your phone or ask Siri or Alexa to help you out. Journal for about three minutes and list as many things as you can. List out all the things in your life and your career that you are proud of. Nothing is too big or too small. As I think about this, I might write down things like I have my PhD. I was in the C-suite as a chief learning officer. I'm a mom of two boys. While I was an executive at a Fortune 50 company, I had those boys. Um, I was on a team that won an external award for the best learning program. I work out four to five times a week, put it all down, like just write it all out. You are an amazing individual. So what are you most proud of? So that's the first part of part one. The next part is to think about what you want in your next opportunity. And I want you to think about this, not as a role or a job title, but a critical experience. So what is a critical experience? A critical experience is something that you can get in a job, like running a project, being a part of a company or an industry. Um, you might list things like leading a bigger team, leading a, a project turnaround that isn't going so well, getting a role with p responsibility. A critical experience might be an experience with a global role, something in a bigger market, a new industry. You could get a critical experience building a strategy or executing a strategy. All of those things are critical experiences. So which ones do you want to get out of your next opportunity? What critical experiences do you want in that next opportunity? I'll give you an example from my own experience here. So when I left that Fortune 50 company and was evaluating roles, I wanted to get a critical experience of helping leaders in the C-suite build and develop. I had done that for so many other types of employees from individual contributors all the way to vice presidents, first-time managers, helping them become better leaders. But I hadn't gotten a lot of experience developing the top leaders of a company. So that's one of the things that I put on my list as a critical experience. I also wrote down that I wanted to lead my own department and be on a leadership team. So those are all examples of critical experiences. And the last step of part one is writing down your values and your non-negotiables. So if you haven't identified your values, then I'm going to ask you to head to episode number one, the one thing that's helped me most in my career. And that's what that one's called. And that's how you can learn how to identify your values. But at this point, if you're listening, I'm assuming that you have done that. So I'm going to ask you to write those down and write your values down to ground yourself in those. These are the things that are important to you in your work and your life. After you do that, then I want you to write down your non-negotiables. So what is a non-negotiable? It is something that you is a must-have in your role. Those could be, is it a remote role? Um it might be a non-negotiable that you actually want to be in the office. That could be a that could be a thing. Um is it traveling less than 25% of the time? Is it a short commute? Maybe a salary range. Maybe the amount of vacation or PTO you get. Any specific healthcare benefits. These are the things that you won't budge on. Write those down next. So that's part 1. So at this stage you've written down your accomplishments you've identified some critical experiences, and you've grounded yourself in your values and written down your non-negotiables. Listen to the rest of episode 97 to continue to evaluate opportunities with the scorecard framework. Next, I want you to set yourself up for success when in career transition. Here's a clip from episode 119, Five mistakes that leaders make when transitioning roles. Your boundaries should come with you as you transition roles. Let's dig into where I see leaders make this mistake when they're transitioning. The first mistake I see leaders make when transitioning roles, they aren't setting boundaries. You know how much I'm obsessed with boundaries. As a reminder, my perspective on boundaries is that it's not a hard line or a wall, instead it's a boundary is a way to show care for your values and what is important to you. So when we are thinking about transitioning, often leaders are not prioritizing themselves in the transition. They're prioritizing the companies that they're leaving or their companies that they're going to. And in transition, it is just that it's transitioning, leaving one place to go to another. And so it's really easy to get pulled back to your old employer and to get pulled into the momentum of the new one. And even in the middle, in between two jobs, there's this really weird space in between. And so here are a few scenarios that I've seen recently with clients and what this looks like not having boundaries. So it might look like, as they exit an organization, maybe overextending themselves as they leave. Maybe they're extending their time or the date that they were actually going to leave the organization, maybe to complete a deliverable or just doing work. I've seen leaders even attend meetings after their last day. So say that your last day is on Friday, and then you hopped on a call the following week. That's a sign to me that you've not managed your exit from the organization and you've sacrificed your own time and often are not utilizing boundaries. Often you're doing this because you deeply care about your organization, about your team that you're leaving. And I get that, but it isn't going to do you any favors. Another way I see this is not setting boundaries in the interview process or in negotiation with the new organization. That may look like bending over backwards for this new prospective employer being available at any time for an interview. In one instance, I saw a prospective employer ask for work product for a case study for a person who had been in multiple rounds of interviews. And be careful in these situations. Sometimes companies are overburdening candidates with unpaid work that they still may use within their company, and you may not even get the job. So just be careful. We are bending over backwards in the interview process, and this is a sign of what's to come with that employer. I want you to pay attention here and have boundaries about what you will do or won't do. It could also look like not having boundaries in the negotiation process with a new employer. Often leaders will go in with certain things that they want to negotiate, but they haven't done the work to establish non-negotiables or they aren't negotiating at all sometimes with a new employer because they don't want to seem ungrateful. So not thinking through your non-negotiables is another signal of not having boundaries or caring for what you want or need. Another sign of no boundaries in the transition process is not taking a break in between roles. Some people leave a job on Friday and start again on Monday. And I understand that not everybody is in the place to be able to do that. But if you are, I need you to take a break. I need you to take longer than you think you will need. Usually a week is not long enough. I will say that I have never heard anyone say, oh, I wish I started my new role sooner. Often it is the opposite. They take a week in between and wish they they would have taken two or three. Another thing that I see are people starting their new jobs before their first day. So they're in that break period, that weird time in between jobs where you've turned in your laptop for your old job and you haven't gotten your new laptop yet for your your new job, but you're already starting to sit in on calls. This is another thing that you can decide not to do. I get it. Wanting to start the new job and get ahead. I've done this myself in the past, but here's the thing. You need that break. You need to honor that break. A transition is also the perfect time to start building the boundaries you always wanted in your old role that you never had. Start in the break before you start your new role. Think about what did you wish you you could do in your old role, but you never did. So do you wish that you had a consistent morning routine, maybe where you worked out? Start doing that in your break and bring that with you. Bring that new routine with you. In your old role, do you wish you had more boundaries around how connected you were? Maybe how often you checked email. I'll share this example. One thing that I did when I started a new role, I I ended my role with one company. I started with a new company. And in the new company, I decided to separate work email. So I did not have work email on my personal phone. And to do that, I actually received a work phone. So I had two cell phones, one that I used for work and one that I used personally. And it was great because I could intentionally not bring my work phone with me when I was with family. And that was a boundary that I intentionally set in my break before I went into my new role. So what are those kinds of things that you might need to start building? I will tell you that new employer does not know what you did before. So you can come in with the boundaries that you want in this new space. So what what do you want that to look like? What do you want in your new role? And make that happen and start that in the in-between space. So in summary, this first one, the biggest mistake that I see leaders make in transition is not establishing boundaries when they're transitioning roles. They aren't caring for their values and what's important to them. They're instead honoring the values of their previous employer or future employer. So instead, I want you to establish those boundaries for you. Honor when you leave an organization and finish strong. In the space between, show up for what you need and start setting boundaries. In the interview process and negotiation, start there too. Build those boundaries in all of those places. You need them more than you know. And it's a mistake if we're not thinking about it. So far in today's episode, we've reflected on the mindset shift of centering your values and thinking about values alignment when transitioning roles. You've learned about how to start evaluating opportunities with critical experiences and non-negotiables. And you know the importance of bringing boundaries with you when you transition. Next, I want to leave you with a pep talk. If you are anything like some of the clients that I coach and even from my own experience, you might be staying too long in a role that maybe isn't fulfilling. Or maybe you're stuck in a mindset that you aren't good enough. Maybe you're stuck thinking that this isn't the right time to think about transitioning roles. I want you to know that you're not alone here. There are a lot of people in this position. I was in that position, not thinking I was ready, knowing I had it pretty good, but still feeling very unfulfilled. Listen to this clip from episode 120. You are already ready. i remembered a conversation that i had with a fellow coach colleague of mine a few months back so we are both coaches but we serve different audience but both run programs that help women leaders advance their careers and we do check-ins every few months together and in one of our check-ins we talked about how we had leaders that were interested in advancing their careers and talking to us but they had not yet applied for our programs Like they had interest, but they weren't sure if they were ready for our programs. Like they were having imposter syndrome over even applying to a leadership program. So even in that capacity, they didn't think that they were ready yet. And this was, we thought my fellow coach friend and I, we were like, wow, this is so ironic that this is happening, not even at the job level, but at the The development level. Like, I remember one email exchange I had with one participant at the time that wasn't sure about her readiness for my You Belong in the C Suite Group coaching program. She said that she felt like she needed assistance, that she was not getting the support that she needed from her manager and in her role, but she wasn't sure if she was ready enough to join the program but in a moment of courage, she submitted her application. And in an email to me, she mentioned that she put her resume in the freaking box and submitted her application. And I loved seeing that language in our email exchange. And for those of you that aren't familiar with the story, I opened up my book values first with a story from early in my career when I didn't feel qualified to apply for a job. Like many women, I reviewed a job description and didn't meet. 100% of the criteria of that job. So I didn't apply. But when given another chance in person at a job fair, I grounded myself in my values of development and remembered that in fact, I love learning and then I can figure most things out. So I put my resume in the box and then ran away as fast as I could. So I couldn't undo my decision but basically I submitted my application, right? And so this leader had quoted my story and mentioned that she had submitted her application and put her resume in the box. She did the thing that she was scared to do. And I realized that in that discussion with my coach colleague that we were witnessing that women just weren't feeling this way when just submitting their resumes for jobs, but also for other opportunities for growth and development, And so they don't feel they're ready enough to even apply to development opportunities. So today I'm going to dive deeper in this idea of you are already ready. So in the quiz, this is how I describe this idea of you are already ready. So you are already ready, but you don't believe it yet. This feels like Maybe you've been with the same company for a while or in the same role for a while. Things aren't bad per se, but they aren't as amazing as it used to be either. Maybe you've been in your role or a level for a while. It feels really safe to stay. You still get new opportunities in your role, but you feel stuck at a certain level. For instance, maybe you've been a senior director or a director for a while, but haven't progressed past that. You might still generally like the company and there really isn't an incentive to leave. So you're pretty comfortable, but you are still not fulfilled. Maybe you aren't being challenged. You still know that you want to achieve something when you're ready. And that's the key word. When you're ready, the organization hasn't promoted you yet. So you must not be ready, right? And the spoiler is this. You are already ready. You are. You may not believe it yet but your work isn't being recognized for promotion for whatever reason. You are already ready for bigger things. This looks like imposter syndrome. It looks like being passed over for promotion. It looks like being recognized with consistently great performance, but not enough to get to that next level, right? So I'm here to tell you, you are already ready. You've been ready. You are ready to apply to a bigger role. You are ready to keep growing. You belong in a bigger role. You belong in a space to develop and continue to grow. You are ready for that next thing. Even if you don't yet believe it yourself, I am here to tell you, you are already ready. So what could that look like? It may mean that you are ready for a new role within your existing company. It could be a new role in a different department. It could also mean replying to one of those direct messages on LinkedIn when a recruiter reaches out to you. It could mean looking at bigger roles instead of settling. Even if you've recently been laid off or don't have a role right now, it means not settling. It could mean submitting your resume to bigger roles at smaller companies. It could mean challenging yourself to get out of your comfort zone of the industry that you're currently in and apply to roles in other industries that you're passionate about. It could mean not waiting for your company anymore when they've promised that promotion. That was months and months ago and nothing has happened yet. It could mean not waiting for your manager to develop you and putting your development in your own hands, like getting your coach or joining a development program. It could mean deciding that you are ready for your next role, but knowing that it's not at the company that you're already in right now and having the peace of mind of knowing that's okay, that you'll find something somewhere else that meets your goals what I know is that even when you make the decision to leave, that some leaders are stuck in a holding pattern. How do I know that? Because the other 30% of the that group, I mentioned the data in my quiz, tell me that, that people are ready for a change, but they haven't done anything about it yet. So they are ready for a change and are still in that role. They're stuck there, whether that's imposter syndrome, whether that's lack of accountability waiting for their bonuses to pay out i will tell you there is always something that is going to hold you there they know that in the long term that that is not the role for them that in the long term that company isn't right for them they may feel disengaged they may feel like they're not giving their all but they're still a high achiever right they may care less than they used to and they know that that's not like them so why haven't they left yet lots of reasons They may need a next role before they leave. They may have an outdated resume and they don't know where to start. Maybe they don't feel like they are up to networking yet. They may be waiting for for lots of different things to finish a project. They don't want to leave their team. You love your team. You don't want to leave your direct reports. I could go on and on. There's always something that's going to keep you there. So whether you are ready or if you've already made the decision right now, You're in a position that feels uncomfortable and I want you to reach your career goals. But more importantly, I want you to live a life aligned to your values and your job can be a big part of that. I want you to be at a company that aligns with your values. I want you to set the pace for your week and feel challenged, but accomplished and not overwhelmed with work. And I know that you can get to that. You may need accountability to get there. You may need community to get there. You may just need an outside perspective. I'm inviting you to join us in our next group coaching cohort of the You Belong in the C-Suite group coaching program. I know it's called You Belong in the C-Suite. And before you even talk yourself out of it, let me tell you about the types of leaders who have loved this program. They are leaders who have career aspirations for more. Maybe that's eventually C-Suite roles. Maybe it's not but they know that they want more than they have now. Maybe they are trying to get a promotion or they've just landed a big promotion and now they want to feel more confident in their role. Maybe they're misaligned and they don't know how to find alignment and they need career clarity. Maybe they need more confidence before they apply to those roles and they don't know where to start. They're usually women in the director level and above, but I will tell you that not all job titles are the same at companies. Some smaller companies don't have director titles. So sometimes they are senior managers. They lead small teams to large teams. Some strive to get to the VP level. Some are still trying to figure out their director level at bigger companies. They're usually women in their mid careers with aspirations for more. And if that describes you, then you should apply you should put your resume in the freaking box. That's the metaphor. There's actually zero requirement for you to submit your resume as part of the application process. The application process takes about 10 minutes. I ask you things about what you want to get out of the program, things like career clarity, a space to hold yourself accountable in your career transition, maybe a way for you to build your confidence. I ask you about what you can give to the program. So what are your strengths that you can bring to the group? What specific experiences do you bring that will help others learn? I ask you about your level of commitment and availability, those types of things. So if you've ever thought about it, now is the time to apply to the You Belong in the C-Suite group coaching program. You don't already have to be in the C-Suite, so please do not discount yourself. The You Belong in the C-Suite group coaching program is a six-month experience. I build out cohorts that are really small on purpose. The sweet spot for cohorts is four to six women and a cohort. That way you get a group experience. You get to know the other women in it and you get to learn from them, but you also get individualized attention as well. This is a space where you will need to show up. You need to attend and do the work. We also meet you where you are too, though. Each month we focus on a different module, but you have a customized plan that you work on at the beginning. We also start out group coaching with a one-on-one with me so that we can get you kicked off in the right way with a customized plan for your development. Then we meet monthly for group coaching sessions, and then we also meet a few times in the month to build community to get informal coaching along the way. So in that six month time span, I've seen leaders get promotions, get raises, negotiate for more in terms of their bonuses. But most importantly, I've seen them gain confidence, build boundaries, and prioritize themselves and their development. So ask yourself this, where do you want to be in the next six months? In six months, do you want to have more confidence? Do you want to get rid of some of those limiting beliefs? Do you want to get more career clarity? Do you want to land a new role? Do you want to transition to a new role with the boundaries that you've always wanted? Go to thecatchgroup.com slash group coaching to apply now. The six months will go by no matter what. So if you are thinking about it, I would tell you this, you are already ready. That statement is as true today as it was in that episode. You are already ready. You are. I want you to find values alignment. I want you to use your values to build the team culture that will get you the result that you want. I want you to live a life and career of your values. Remember, your leadership belongs here. You belong in the C-suite. I want to thank you so much for listening to the, you belong in the C-Suite podcast. If you are enjoying this content, please remember to rate and review on apple podcasts by leaving a review. You're helping others find this content. We will be featuring five-star reviews on air in upcoming episodes, editing and support for the podcast is done by S and E podcast management to get more tips and tools to help you live a life guided by your values go to thecatchgroup.com. Keep your boundaries and take care.